The United States men's national team will take on Mexico tomorrow. That's Wednesday, April 19th. In what is probably the least anticipated U.S.-Mexico game ever, certainly in a long, long time, it's been derided on Twitter and on other social media platforms. There are fair reasons for criticism, but there are also reasons why this game is important. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backfield Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're going to dive into this U.S.-Mexico game, talk about why it's happening, what it is, and why it might be important, or at least kind of important, going forward. So, without any further ado, let's get to it and talk soccer. Alright, before we get into why this game could or is or might be important both now and in the future, I want to explain what this thing actually is. So I said it in the intro, the U.S. men's national team will be taking on Mexico in Glendale, Arizona, which is in my neck of the woods, on Wednesday, April 19th. That's tomorrow. Now, according to U.S. Soccer, this is called the inaugural All-State Continental Classico, which is, quote, a new annual event that features the USMNT hosting a top-tier opponent from North, Central, or South America. The event demonstrates All-State's commitment to growing soccer in the United States in partnership with U.S. Soccer, blah, 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 blah. Right, okay. So it seems to me that this is very much a way to smush as many sponsors into the U.S. soccer-verse and generate as much revenue as possible in a moment where you're potentially trying to hire a top-tier U.S. men's national team coach, generating a little extra revenue doesn't sound like the worst thing. But for fans, that's not the ultimate importance, and they don't have any reason to have to care about this game. Now, that said, it certainly seems like, according to U.S. Soccer, that we're going to be seeing one of these every year, likely in April. It's outside of a FIFA international window. That means clubs don't have to release their players. And both this year and going forward, I would expect these rosters to be heavily domestic-based players. This particular roster involves all but two players coming from domestic U.S.-based leagues, either MLS or USL. So there are not a lot of top-tier guys here, but let me dive into a few reasons why this game and this game in years to come could still be useful. The first reason is getting to see these players, even MLS players, in a national team environment. That's a rare occurrence. There just aren't very many international windows, maybe a handful every year, And so getting another one, as silly as it is for it to be crammed in the middle of the week, as silly as some of the languages and U.S. Soccer's press release, I think there's real value in getting even portions of the pool together to get reps. That seems useful to me. And it leads into the Gold Cup for large portions of the group. You know, you'll get a Gold Cup every two years. You've got the Nations League in June right before then. You've got the Gold Cup in June and July. The Gold Cup is likely going to be both this summer and in future summers a group that is mostly domestic-based players. So you get some of these guys in camp in April. Some of them play well. Some of them train well for a couple of days. They impress the coaching staff. They parlay that into an appearance at the Gold Cup. And in the past, we've seen what the Gold Cup can do for players or what it can help do for players. I was out at USMNT training yesterday with Michele Giannone of 2DNA, who covers a lot of American soccer and knows his stuff. And he reminded me of the fact that Matt Turner first broke out with the USMNT at the Gold Cup in 2021. He was the goalkeeper throughout that tournament for the U.S., played well, helped the U.S. win that whole thing. You add that to his almost mathematical model stat-breaking in MLS play, 
And you've got now the number one goalkeeper for the U.S. men's national team. It wasn't the Gold Cup that totally made Matt Turner, but it was still a good place for him to get an opportunity. The Gold Cup can still be that for players. We don't know which players it's going to be from year to year, but the Gold Cup, and by extension, this training camp that almost becomes a Gold Cup training camp for some of these domestic-based players, that can be a really useful tool for some of these players. So that's the first side of why I think this friendly against Mexico with this current group and future friendlies against maybe Mexico or other opponents from this region or South America could be useful is it does give players reps and reps are hard to come by. Now, the second reason why I think this is a worthwhile exercise is that it gives a taste of the national team environment to young players. On this roster, the two names that everybody gravitated to when it came out were Joshua Winder, young USL center back for Louisville City, recently voted the best U-20 player in the USL championship by coaches across the league for our survey of those coaches over on backheel.com. Joshua Winder was one of the names that folks were keyed in on, and the other is Caleb Wiley. Young left back for Lance United, neither player has ever touched the senior national team. And this is not the full experience of touching the senior national team when you've only got one European-based core guy in camp, and that's Serginho Dest, who's currently wandering in the European club wilderness. But, I mean, still good for these players to get in, see what training is like at the national team environment, to meet some guys, right? to meet some veterans, to do those kinds of things. That's important. It will help their ability to transition into this environment in the future. And on the player movement side, a lot of these players are wanting to go to Europe. Josh Winder has literally come on this show and discussed that very thing. It's going to boost their stocks. It's going to boost the hype around them as players looking to move and take the next step in their journey. And for their clubs, for Louisville City, for Atlanta United, this has benefit too. Because appearing for the U.S. against Mexico in a game, regardless of how silly it is, appearing in this kind of game, in this kind of moment could inflate transfer fees, which then can benefit some of these clubs and some of these leagues. The the final reason why I think this is a useful exercise, this April friendly that seems like is coming on an annual basis, is for the future, it's going to give the next coach another rep, right? All of this stuff is based around getting another rep for young players getting involved, for established guys or MLS fringe guys getting another rep, getting involved, trying to become a part of this program to fill out the World Cup roster for 2026, The same principles apply for a coach. There's only a handful of national team camps every year. I talked about this already. They're already dealing with the U.S. and and the rest of global soccer as well. But they're already dealing with the compressed World Cup cycle for 2026 after a winter World Cup this last time around in 2022. The U.S. is also dealing with a slow hiring process. Anthony Hudson is almost certainly going to be leading this group at the Gold Cup. Almost certainly going to be leading this group before that at the Nations League. So the next manager is not likely going to get a national team camp until September. Then they'll have stuff in September, October, I believe November as well, heading into next year. But still, you want to maximize the number of chances that this new manager gets with the player pool, even a part of this player pool. So for future, this is another chance for that manager, whoever it is, whether it's a super famous European coach or somebody less well-known, this is a chance for them to get reps, to go through the paces, to identify some players that won't otherwise maybe get looked at when the full group is around. It just seems clear to me that for the U.S. as a whole, this game has nothing but upside, right? Like, there's just not a downside here to playing these kinds of games every year. The game won't mean much. We shouldn't read into the result. All of those caveats will apply each and every year, but that doesn't mean it's bad or stupid. It also doesn't mean that it's not a cash grab, right? little double negative there. I think there is very much an element of U.S. soccer trying to generate revenue. But if you can couple revenue generation with actual value for the program— that feels like a good thing to me. Now, domestically, I can see some clubs getting irritated 
for their more veteran players coming into camp in the middle of the MLS season, you know, that, that would be annoying to me working on the club side. If, you know, Walker Zimmerman had to go and play in this game in the middle of national season and, and he is here, right. That would make me a little bit irritated, but you know, if they can reach an understanding, the men's national team with these clubs, this feels like almost pure upside to me, very small upside in the grand scheme of things. Like maybe this is something that moves the needle 1% or, or like 0.1% ahead of the next world cup. Even doing this two or three times before the next World Cup could still move it, you know, 0.1 or 1%. But I think there's value in this nonetheless. So I'm looking forward to this game on Wednesday. I'm curious to see what we see on the field and what we see in future iterations of this Continental Classico. Maybe we'll revise that name over time. Who knows? But all in all, that is it for this episode of the Backheeled Show. If you enjoyed, you can scroll up or down in the Backheeled Show feed or go check out Backheeled.com for more. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you all again soon. Oh, 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 oh,